the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me, as always, is Mark Berkshire with Pastor of uh, Meadow Run Community Church. So before we get started, uh, we are going to be talking about um, kind of like a back to the basics about salvation and the importance, why it is so important, especially nowadays, that we focus on the primary and really I would argue almost the only mission of the church, and that is to share the gospel. Uh, but before we even do that, uh, we want to take some time and just pray for the families of those impacted by the mass shooting that happened last night. Depending on when you're hearing this, um, so many uh, people are going to try to uh, politicize this and all that, but um, we just want to pray for the families in Maine, the communities in Maine that are impacted by this. And um, I'm going to put Mark on the spot and just ask him to <laughs> pray for those families, for the communities, pray for the first responders also who are out and still searching for the shooter who at the time of this recording is still at large, but also for uh, all the doctors, the hospitals, and for the, the the mental health counselors that are going to be needed to help kind of help those people and families in those communities deal with the aftermath of this, after many of us have moved on to other things. Father, we thank you for hearing us when we pray. We thank you for always being there for us. Your word says that you would never leave us or forsake us. And Lord, it's in times like these when we have such tragedy that's going on around the world, but especially in our own country right now, um, that we need you more than ever. And we ask, Lord, that you would be with those in the state of Maine right now, Lord, not just in the little community that this happened in, but in all of the surrounding communities and, and, and the entire state, Lord, that you would be with them, give them comfort um, for those who have been lost in this tragedy, bring healing uh, and speedy recovery to those who have been injured. And Lord, let the um, the ability of the first responders and the, the police and the, the FBI and all the other agents that are up there, Lord, let them capture this guy and uh, get him off the street so there is a, a peace uh, uh, about the area that they don't have to worry about this happening again anytime soon. Um, we ask that you would just guide the the officers and the law enforcement that is in, in charge, Lord, that you would just, um, just somehow bring this man out into the open to where he can be captured. And Lord, we, we lift up Israel as well and ask that you would be with them. It's mm -hmm. hard to not see some of the things that have been seen both in Maine and in Israel, Lord, the death and, and the watching someone die in front of you. It's, it's hard to not see that. So we pray that you would bring uh, stability to their minds, Lord, that 
that you would erase the the things that would cause them to have um, recurring nightmares about this, Lord. And we just ask that your peace be on Israel and your peace be on this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry, my, <laughs> amen. My uh, whole computer froze up for a minute, so. Um, I was going to say blank, blank air is not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Amen. Amen. And it is no coincidence that um, these topics that we are talking about um, kind of tie in to what we are preaching on. We did not anticipate or plan this around mass shootings, wars in Israel and all that stuff. But um, what what are you preaching on? I'm preaching on the subject of where is God? Where is God? When all of this stuff is going on, and he he knows everything, and we're told he's a God that never sleeps nor slumbers, where is he? Where is God when it seems like he's MIA, uh, missing in action? And the Bible tells us very clearly where he's at, so we're going to talk about that on Sunday. Okay. And I am preaching on uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Uh talking about Christians and our need to put on our spiritual armor, but that's not really the focus. The focus and the reason we need to do that is because there is a very real enemy who will come against us. That's the only reason why we put on spiritual armor. And the spiritual offense that we have uh, is the Word of God in prayer, which the Bible talks about. Um, and we see that now today more than ever. So, uh, what we wanted to talk about today more never was kind of like I said, going back to basics and why there is such a need because of the wickedness in the world, because of the lack of respect for life in the world, because of all the things that we're seeing in Israel, still a war in Ukraine uh, where people are being killed regularly and daily, still mass shootings in cities around the nation uh, that you won't hear about on the news, but if you look at articles from those cities, three killed in this city, five killed in this city, six stabbed in this city, over and over again, uh, this is why the church, uh, our, our goal is not to change the political sentiment of this nation, but it's to share the gospel uh, with the folks in our circles of influence. And I feel like we have lost that focus. So a uh, quick question. If you, Mark, had to say, what would you say, just by what you see from churches, even from other pastors, what would you say uh, if an outsider were looking in at the churches in America, what to them would they say, oh, well, this must be the primary focus of the church in America, because that's what they're all focused on. What would you say that thing is? I would say probably in most churches, not all. But in most churches, I would say they would look at the church and see their primary focus is on more social issues than gospel issues. Uh, more, we want to have fun. We want this to be pleasing. We want this to be good. We want this to be exciting for anyone who comes. Um, and we want all those things. But our, like you said, our main focus is the gospel, is the gospel being shared in most churches. 
I will tell you that in most of the ones around here, um, it's very rare to hear an altar call. And we don't call them altar calls anymore because we don't give them. It's very rare around here to even hear a challenge of um, at the end of a service of, you know, if you've never given your life to Jesus, today could be the day, um, you know. So I, I think if I'm an outsider walking into a church, to a, just a regular church, I would probably see more of more of a main focus on community than on the gospel. And by community, you mean like social issues and also, like you said, more focus on how can we make this Sunday celebration experience more fun, yeah. get more people in the building. And by yeah. community, you mean like social issues like feeding the like poor or, or what? Feeling, feeling welcome within the community of the church. Oh, okay. 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 And, and also looking at community outside the church. But most churches today aren't really focused on the community outside the church. They're focused on their own church community hmm. and the people inside the church. So I would agree that that if I look at the church in America, I would say more of the focus, and maybe it's because I'm also a part of a lot of different groups geared towards that, like church social media groups, church tech groups, pastoral groups, worship team groups. And they all seem to be focused on how do we make that Sunday experience and I, I, I agree because I think the sun, well, to an extent, I think the Sunday celebration should be the most powerful experience. Uh, I'm all for, you know, if I had the money, I'm all for all the lights, all the musicians, all the sound, all that you can bring. I think that's important. But I think the my focus on doing that is not to get more people into the building. It's so that whoever's in that building we can inspire you, encourage you, and equip you with the word of God to go outside of the building to share the gospel. And I think, I hope, I mean, you'd have to ask the people in my congregation, I hope I reiterate some aspect of that every week. And I, granted, I don't do, and we don't call them altar calls either, um, but I don't do an altar call every week. But at some point, regularly in my message, I share the gospel. This is how you become a Christian. This is how you step across the line of faith. You don't have to wait for me to pray for you to do it. I mean, you can do it right now at, at, at multiple regularly consistent times. Hopefully, I am sharing that message uh, with me. And sometimes it is at the end of the message. Hey, and if if this has impacted you, here's how you can become a part. But um, yeah. I, I think I'm the same. I'm the same way. I don't give an altar call the traditional altar call. Um, and, and I do that for a number of reasons. One, I don't believe the altar call is in the Bible and it's a specific thing to do. Um, so I don't feel convicted that I'm not doing that. It's something okay, that's that's why I don't do it. So I yeah. <laughs> and and we were taught in the seminary that that's what we're supposed to do, but that's you know, but that's not what that's not where I see. Um I'm like you, I throughout my sermon I regularly present the gospel message throughout the sermon. So I, I'm just saying as a whole, though, I mean, that's that's something that is missing is the gospel's not even being preached in a lot of churches. It's more of um, 
how you can live life better than you are now. Um, and a lot of times they don't even say about, they don't talk about the gospel. Um, there's a good book out, or it's a book. I don't know if it's good. I haven't read it. But it's called Your Best Life Ever. That uh, One of the big name preachers, I forget who put it out, but it's called Your Best Life Ever. And it all is about how to be positive in your own thinking, how to be motivated by your own goals and motivated by your own focus. And it leaves completely out. Our best life ever is going to happen when we cross over Jordan and enter into the promised land of God. That's our best life ever. That's what we're looking for. That's our goal. And our goal is to take as many people with us as we can. Yeah, so a question um, that I think we agree uh, that, um, yeah, you're not, uh, uh, we're not seeing the, what we should see, the, the gospel being centered and, and the role and the purpose of the church being um, shared. Uh, we've lost our primary focus, for lack of a better term. But what would you say is the primary consequence of us not doing that. I mean, is it okay? Some people would argue it. It's okay that that's not our focus, that we should focus on, you know, Sunday celebrations or, uh, you know, social issues and justice. And, uh, you know, if we, if the church focused, focused more on gun control, we wouldn't have had that type of thing happen. Um, first, let me say all of which I disagree with, but, uh, <laughs> What would you say is the consequence, uh, or is there a consequence? Is this just you and me? We're the only ones that feel like this because apparently the rest of the churches, rest of the body of Christ in America feels a different way. So is there a consequence of us not focusing on our primary mission? I think there's a big consequence in not focusing on the primary mission of the church, which is to love God and love others. And if we can't love God first, then how are we going to love others in the process? Um, I think the consequence is that we're going to see a lot less people in heaven than we think we are. Um, because if we're not showing them Jesus... And we're not telling them about Jesus. Then how do we expect them to be with us? They may be good people. They may be very good people. But without Christ, they are still lost and going to hell. So the consequence of not sharing is health. Hmm. Plain and simple. I think that's the primary consequence. And I think so many people uh, lose focus on that. And I think they don't hold that um, as a primary issue. And they will look and say, well, that's a far off thing, whether or not we get into heaven or hell. But there are people starving right now. So social issues. There are people, you know, getting guns and gun control, social issues, uh, uh, all those kind of things. But they, they miss the point of, we weren't brought here to be a hospital. We weren't brought here to be a, 
to usher in a new political, you know, because that's another way that people see the church in America, the political aspects of it, of, you know, liberal issues versus far-right conservative issues. Uh, we weren't brought here into change a political perspective. The church exists primarily, and I would argue, our sole reason. The other things are benefits of us doing what God has called us to do, in my opinion. But our sole reason is to share the gospel. And we as pastors equip are here to equip the church to do the work of God. I mean, that's literally what the Bible says, why he gave pastors to equip the church to do the work of God that we are supposed to continue doing until the entire body of Christ reaches unity in the faith, which obviously we're not all unified on our mission. Uh, so how do we get back? Because there's so much, I feel like it's such an uphill battle. How do we get back to that primary focus? How do, how do, I mean, you and I, we're, we're, we're two pastors. Uh, I wouldn't even call us small church pastors. We are technically, or what people define as micro church pastors. Uh, so how do we make an impact and get back and help get other people back on focusing on our primary role, responsibility, sharing the gospel? Um, how, do, how do we do that? It's the million dollar question, isn't it? How do we do that? Um, I think one way is to be an example. Um, and I know that's where I fall short a lot of times. I mean, I was sitting here the other day. Uh, something had happened. And um, I was thinking an opportunity that I missed to really share with someone. And... I, I had a great opportunity to really share because they were open and they were ready to receive and I didn't have time to oh. share. I could have taken five minutes to sit and listen and share with that person, but I was in a hurry and rushed around and didn't get a chance to do that person I didn't know, person that I just, we were at Walmart, in, or not Walmart, we were at Kroger in a shop, in a in a line, and there were two, two boys, college boys, came up with their arms full of wine. They were going to a party that they were going to celebrate the soccer game that was going on and all of this. And I really had a good opportunity to witness to them. And I just let the opportunity slip. So I think the way I try to encourage my people, I say my people, they're not my people, they're God's people. But <laughs> the way I try to encourage people to share is just let the Lord shine through you. And if we can't let the Lord shine through us, then we don't have enough of the Lord in us. If that makes any sense. Um, because we need to, we need to be willing more than we, we are. And I think that's the problem with a lot of it is that people just say, well, I don't have a good story to tell. I don't have anything that God's really done big for me. God doesn't have to do anything big for you. 
we don't all have the same story. That's the great thing about being part of the human race. Each story is different. And, um, but each story needs to be told. And, you know, we were talking about what do we think is lacking, or maybe that's not the way it was worded, but I think one thing that's lacking in the church today, in all churches, when was the last time you really heard a sermon preached on hell and the consequences of hell? It's been a long time for me. Um, it, It's probably been a long time for me, too. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. It's probably been a long time since I dedicated a sermon to hell and the consequence. But whenever it comes up in scripture that there is a consequence for not being obedient to God, I hammer that in that those consequences are eternal and that heaven is real and that hell is real and that we as Christians can't just rest on our laurels. Um, yeah. So I think for me, like you said, it, it's it's that same thing. It's it's being a living example consistently. There are some times where, oh yeah, got this, you know, can make that happen. There are other times where, like you said, I miss opportunities just because I'm an introvert. I don't like talking to people. So given the preference, I will always shy away from taking that opportunity. Uh, and I've been trying to be more prayerful about it. Um, and, and it's not hard. It's not, we don't have to have, like you said, a great story. We don't have to have, um, you know, a, a, a three minute mini sermon prepared. Um, we just have to, I mean, this is why I wrote that book, Evangelism Easy as One, Two, Three. We just have to pray about it. We have to be willing to say, okay, here's, here's what God did in my life. One thing, short, sweet, here's what God did for me. And then just do it. That, that, that's how easy it is. And, uh, a friend of mine who passed away recently, um, named Stephen, uh, he was also a teaching pastor at Crossroads uh, before you were, and uh, he moved up to Hickory. He Once he got married, he and his wife, and he used to, I mean, he had the worst puns on the planet, and everyone knew it, but they were kind of funny, and it was part of who he was, and you knew that after he told a pun... He was just going to tell you about Jesus and what God had done in his life. And uh, if you were someone he worked with, he didn't care about, oh, you can't talk about religion. If if uh, he taught tech courses in schools and in businesses, and it doesn't matter where he was, he was going to tell you, here's what God has done in my life. He wasn't going to beat you over the head with the Bible. He wasn't going to try to get you to get down on one knee and pray with him so you can accept Jesus. But he was always going to tell you what God had done in his life. And when his when he passed away, I was uh, it had been a while since I, I think July was the last time I spoke to him uh, and had seen him. Um, but when he passed away and his wife reached out and said, hey, will you, you know, do the funeral? And I'm I'm that person who I was about to ask her when I heard about it. Hey, can I do his funeral? But I knew they were a part of another church and I didn't want to cross any lines. So I was grateful and I, and I was like joyfully tearing up when she asked me to do it uh, because he has had such an impact on my life. And during the graveside, I told her and his family, because it was just them, uh, her and his family there. I was like, I'm, I'm still growing in my faith, but I hope when I grow up, I can be more like him. 
to where I don't have to fight with God to grab that opportunity, but where what naturally comes out of me is to be willing to share with people, here's what God has done in my life. Because that's that's what's going to help change people's lives. Uh, not just, say, inviting them to a Sunday celebration where there's lights and cameras and fog and this and that and musicians across the stage and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just going to be when we as the church realize that our primary mission is not what happens on Sunday. That's the training ground uh, for us to accomplish our primary mission. And that's everything that happens Monday through Saturday in our workplaces, homes and schools when we can, you know, like you said, uh, make the most of those opportunities, even if it's not, you know, here's a Bible verse or whatever, but just to take them and share, here's what God has done in my life. And God has done something in all of our lives. I mean, think about it. He made us, he, he allowed us to wake up this morning. That's something. Uh, you know, we, we think about that. Yeah, Mark, that's just funny. You know, God makes us wake up every morning. Not necessarily. There's a lot of people this morning that did not wake up that are facing either an eternity in heaven or an eternity in hell. Um, you know, that that's the nowadays, and it should be so easy for us today because there's a lot of people who are searching. They're searching for an answer to everything that's going on. Um, that's one reason why I'm preaching this sermon this coming Sunday is because there's so many people that are reaching out saying, where is God in all of this? And we can tell them God is still on the throne and he still cares. And this is how you can be a part of that. Um, and we don't have to be like you said, we don't have to be pastors, evangelists, don't have to have a three point sermon put out to this is what you do. Um, matter of fact, you can ask our friend Bree, who who we talk about here on the show, who did a podcast with us a while back. I don't ask anyone. I don't lead anyone in a prayer of salvation. I ask them to pray and ask God from their heart what they want. That's how simple it is. It's not about me. It's not about that. Floyd, it's not about any other Christian. It's about you and God. And and if we're not willing to share that and share that experience with someone, I kind of have to question, where's my walk with the Lord? So say, say that part again, because that, that goes to the core of why we're here and and what you just said kind of brings that out say say that part again if i'm not willing to share what god is doing in my life and being you know part of my life then i need to examine whether or not i'm really walking with god or if it's just words yeah because I mean, if we are going to call ourselves Christians, that means we are being like Christ. And what Christ did was go around and share the truth of God's word and the gospel with everybody. I'm not saying we got to quit our jobs and, and become traveling missionaries, but in our circles of influence, if we're not willing to 
hey, here's what God, and that, again, not saying that you have to beat people over the head with the Bible or that you have to violate any work or school, whatever protocols, but if someone asks, and I'm I'm still, I say this, I'm still uh, struggling with trying to do it more frequently, which is why yeah. I got to pray about it. And it's on my daily prayer, God, give me more of that capability, especially overcome my natural tendencies as an introvert to not want to talk to people, to when I do talk to them, let them know, here is what God has done for me. Even that phrase, I'm just grateful God woke me up this morning. You don't have to follow that with anything or scripture that says, yes, God is the one who opened my eyes or he sustained me at nothing. I'm just glad that God woke me up this morning and let that be. And don't pray for an opportunity if you're not going to take advantage of an opportunity. You know, be like the guy that's on the roof waiting for God to answer him because the floodwaters have come up. Boat comes along and says, hey, come on, get in the boat. Let's go. And no, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. Another one comes up and. And when the water's a little bit higher, come on, this is your last chance. you got to get in the boat. No, I can't get in the boat. I'm waiting on God. And man drowns on his roof, gets to heaven and says, God, I was waiting on you. He says, I sent you two people to help you. Why didn't you let him? You know, don't be like the man who's waiting on God and, and not expecting to do help himself. Um, God gives us opportunities every day. All of us. Um, and we can either ignore those opportunities or we can take those opportunities. And, and I, like you said, Floyd, I'm I'm not I'm not good at it. I'm I'm guilty as the next person. And um, I mean, I can remember a time when I was really zealous for the Lord, and and it usually right after you know some big thing happened and God did something, but. I was in a Burger King down in Gaithersburg, Maryland, uh, on my lunch break. And a guy in front of me just kept saying, Jesus Christ, this, Jesus Christ, that, and the other. And it was really, really was working on me that day. And and I looked at him. I said, oh, you know him, too. He's my best friend. And it shut the guy up. And I went, he ordered his food. And I went and ordered my food. And we sat down. He sat at one table. I sat at another after he was done eating, he came over and he said, what did you mean by that? And I got an opportunity to talk to him hmm. about Christ. I didn't ask him to pray. I didn't ask him to accept Christ. I just told him what Christ has done for me. So I don't know if he did accept Christ or not. I, that's not for us. See, that's the thing that we worry about, I think, too, is that we worry about praying, having someone pray and talk to someone about God and, and getting them saved. Our job is not to get them saved. That's not our job. The Bible doesn't say get them saved. The Bible says, go tell them about me and make disciples, make friends. That's another way to put it. So it doesn't say get them saved. It says Go tell them about me and then make disciples. God does the saving. It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit's work to work in their lives to do the saving. 
Because I think that's a lot of the things that we get disappointed in. We we share the gospel with someone, tell them how the how they can come to Christ, and then nothing. They don't do anything about it. And we think, man, I don't know how to do this. And that's not that's not our job to get them saved. Our job is to tell them about Jesus. And I think that I mean this whole whole purpose of this this discussion that we're having on this episode of the podcast is to get us back on focus. And I think that's part of the problem. Like you said, people think, how do I get them saved? They think that's their job. And it's not. If you look throughout the Bible, it's like you said, people just going out and saying, here's what God has done in my life. The woman at the well going into town and saying, hey, come meet someone who here's what God has done in my life uh, through over and over and over. When you see throughout the book of action, throughout the Bible, it's about telling people, here's what God has done in my life. It's not about, hey, here's the process that you need to do in order for you to experience salvation, because that's where we start arguing. People start differing. Well, wait, you got to get baptized to be saved. You got to do this to be saved. We're missing the point. Um, the point is to go out and tell people, plain and simple, here's what God has done in my life. If they want to know more, they will ask you more. If they want to know more and you're not familiar with, well, the things you're asking, hey, come talk to my pastor. Come talk to my Bible study leader. Uh, come join me at the Bible study. Let's go look that up because I know Mark has said this many times in the past. Let's go look that up together and then we can talk about it and see what do we see the Bible says about the questions that you're asking. And then both of you are learning more about the Bible together. Our focus has to go back to the thing that God has called us to do, which is sharing the gospel, not focusing on all these other issues. If we were employees, we would all be fired. Because instead of, if it's like God hired us to go out and tell people this, it's like the person who gets hired to hand out flyers. And they decide, I'm not going to hand out flyers. Instead, I'm going to focus on doing this or doing that. You'd be fired. Our job is very simple. We're to go out and hand out flyers. Here's a flyer. Let me tell you what God has done in my life. We're the living flyers. We've got so focused on, well, instead of handing out flyers in my community, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on this. You'd be fired. I didn't hire you to focus on those things. I hired you to go share the gospel. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. And um, yeah. So we're supposed to go share Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, we're supposed to, well, getting back to the gospel, that's a good question. So what is the gospel? What is the good news? People will argue about this all day long. Uh, so what would we define as the gospel? So uh, uh, I thought I was putting it on you. Okay. So <laughs> I, I would define it as, here's the thing, because uh, most people, and, and again, shameless plug, so in my book, uh, evangelism, easy as one, two, three. Uh, I talk about the fact that there are different things that we can share. One is, here's the theological concept of what the gospel is, right? Paul lays this out in, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 15, where he says, and this is the gospel of your salvation. And he talks about the fact that uh, Jesus came, according to the scriptures, uh, was died and paid the penalty for our sins, according to the scriptures, and then rose from the dead, and was witnessed by other people, right? That might be a little bit much for some people. Put that off on the pastor to share the 
the verse, the scripture. Here's the Old Testament verses that support that and yada, yada, yada. Let the pastor do that. The thing that we can do uh, is share, yeah, uh, I believe Jesus died for my sins. Uh, I believe he rose from the dead to pay the penalty for my sins and to show the whole world, yeah, that only he could do it. If he had stayed dead, then some people's sins might have been paid for. But he rose from the dead to show that he was God and could pay the penalty for the sins of everyone, past, present, future. Because only an eternal being uh, could pay the penalty for all of our sins. Again, put that off on the pastor to share that level of gospel, those verses that show he was eternal, yada, yada, yada. What we can share is, here's what God did in my life. Uh, I believe he loved me. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose from the dead. And here's what he's done for me since. That's short. That's sweet. If you don't have the Bible verses to support that, doesn't matter. Again, put that off on the pastor. Ask him for the Bible verses. Uh, put it off on your small group Bible study leader or whatever. Um and those are different levels. One's the big theological, here's all the verses. Another one's kind of moderate. But the thing that we can share is, yeah, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Uh, and I would agree wholeheartedly. That's that's the whole thing. I mean, that's it in a, in a nutshell is that, believe it or not, people watch us who call ourselves Christians. There's a lot of people who don't go to church or who used to go to church um, that are watching us and going, well, is their life really living up to what they're saying? And, you know, the fact of the matter is Jesus did die for us. He was buried. He rose again. And he gave us a promise that he's going to come again. And that coming can be at any time. So, you know, that we need to be ready. We need to be ready and willing and watching for his return. Um, and like I said, we don't want to be stingy about it. We want to bring as many people with us as we can. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised when they get to heaven and they see someone that comes up to them and says, thank you for what you've done for me. Because of you, I'm here today. And we wouldn't even know what we did. It reminds me of that song. I forget who sings it. Thank you for, uh, was it? Thank you for. Thank you for being my friend. Or thank you for being my friend. Or something like that. Yeah. Thank um, you for something to the Lord. Um, it's because of what you did that I'm here today. I forget how it goes. Yeah. I used to sing it all the time. Thank you for giving to the Lord. There you go. I yeah. life. That has been changed. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's thinking in my head. Uh, um, and I, I, I to the Lord. That's all he asked of us. He doesn't ask us to do anything else but to give to him. To to be willing to be an example of his love and his mercy. To which I will add, um, so something you said earlier, don't, you know, tell others that you're a Christian if you're not willing to tell others what God has done in your life. 
But I would add, don't tell others you're a Christian if you're not willing to treat them the way that God has treated us. Um, uh, and that means we don't get to treat them with, uh, we don't get to demean, ridicule, uh, or whatever. Um, a way that God treated us is that while we were enemies of Christ, he sent his son to die for us because of his love for us. And over and over throughout the Bible, love your enemies, uh, love your neighbor as yourself, love one another. There is no room for us as Christ followers to mistreat, ridicule, demean, or, or we, we should have a right judgment. We ought to call out truth. We are to stand up for ourselves and especially stand up for the gospel and, and for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But uh, we do not get to treat others poorly or badly, even if that's the way they treated us, because that's not what God did to us. We're not saying that we have to be floor mats. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, we get to thing in the Bible where Jesus said to, to let somebody slap you on the cheek and turn your cheek and get slapped on the other side. He didn't mean let somebody punch you or physically slap you. He meant don't let their words bother you, what they're saying. You are to stick up for yourself. If someone comes at me with a knife, I'm going to go at them full force, try not to do anything um, to harm me or my family. So we're not saying just be floor mats, but we're saying don't hold grudges. Don't talk bad about someone because they're talking bad about you. Huh. And there's big differences, you know. All right. So as we wind down, uh, we're going to close out with prayer. And uh, I know we have done this in the past. We're just going to do it again. I'm going to ask Mark to pray for the body of Christ. Pray for the um, when I say the church, I don't mean any local congregation. I mean the body of Christ, that we just get back to our primary task of sharing the gospel. And pray for pastors, uh, that we also, because we can get distracted. I think Mark said it earlier, and we start focusing on how do we get people in the building. And uh, we're doing, you know, half the outreach things that congregations do. You can judge me and hate me if you want, but half the things they do. They're not about outreach. They're not about sharing the gospel. They're just trying to find ways to get people into the building. Um, if, if the outreach is focused on how can we get more people into the building, that's 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 part of the problem. If the outreach is focused on how can we get to know more people in our community, that's a good thing. How can we do things for people in our community? That's a good thing. How can we introduce ourselves to the community and let them know that we're here to serve them? That's a good thing. How can we get more people into the building? That's the wrong focus. So yeah, pray pray for pastors because we sometimes are spearheading the problems that our congregations and that the body of Christ has in America. Let's pray. Father, Again, thank you for just allowing us the opportunity to serve you. And, uh, thank you for um, uh, those who listen to our podcast, Lord, and those who share our podcast with others. Thank you for that, Lord. But that's not why we're really here. We're just here to share you with others. 
And Lord, we want others to be um, empowered, others to be bold about their their walk with you. Uh, it, it's my desire, and I think it's Floyd's desire to to just encourage people to be bold for Christ, um, to be able to to stand and and to carry out the mission that you have given to us. We pray for the pastors and churches, Lord. Uh, we pray for the the church, um, the bride of Christ. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to to go and to be witnesses and be testimonies of your love to those around us and to to be able to share life with one another, but more important, to be able to share your life with one another Um, because that's what we're here for. We're here to praise you and to worship you and to, to live for you. And Lord, I I just pray if there's anyone listening to this that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, that they would ask you to come into their hearts today. They would repent of their sins. They would ask for forgiveness. And they would see the new life that you have to offer them. Hmm. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.